on this, we're on this journey of Jesus' last words and his last time uh, while he was with his disciples. And his disciples, uh, the, his disciples understand that the time is coming, or at least he's trying to explain that to him. And this, this, this series that we're in uh, is a phenomenal look at what Jesus wants his disciples to know and understand, which means it's what Jesus wants us to know and understand. And so today, yes, John was working through um, chapter 14. He, was, he worked through the Spirit a little bit on chapter 14 at the end of chapter 15. But some say that now, in the verses that we're going to study right now, is 4 through um, 12, is that, um, or 15, is that this is the most um, pointed that Jesus is in talking about the Spirit and who the Spirit is. Um, and so uh, I'm looking forward to diving into this um, Here's the thing. A lot of us could be asking, what is the Spirit? Where is the Spirit? Who is the Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do for us? What is it or He? The key question for today is, as Jesus walks us through, is why the Spirit is sent. Part of the questions that we have is growing up, some of us come from very different backgrounds, and so some of us were very, uh, we, we were taught the Holy Spirit and, and the works of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and, and being empowered by the Spirit. Some of us, um, I know when I was growing up, it was more, um, I, think, I think everyone was more worried about you doing something emotional rather than doing something through the Spirit. And so back then it was very, we were very uh, cautious to not do something emotional, but through the Spirit, and sometimes that kind of, I think, um, suppressed the Spirit. So some of us come from a lot of different backgrounds, and so there's a lot of questions, because we're not all on the same page, and so Jesus, as he's going through here with his disciples, wants to make it clear to them that he's about ready to go, and this is what's going to happen. Um, if you read, oh, you know what I want to do? Kiddos, how many kiddos do we have in the room? Raise your hand. All right, how many kiddos have a Bible? Raise your hand. Okay, this is what we do down in kids' ministry all the time. All right, number one, if I want to turn or find a book of the Bible, what do I have to do first? Table of contents. Now, we're at the table of contents. Now, what do I have to do? Yeah, so remember, there's two columns, the Old Testament, New Testament. So is John in the Old or New New Testament. <laughs> Royce, you're my guy. Can you be here second service? <laughs> um, all right, what's next? We found, so we find where John is, and then we got to look for the page number, okay? What's after that? Once we find the book of John, then what do we do? Find the chapter, and then the verse. And now we're all there. So John chapter 14, or 16, I'm sorry, I said 14. Did I say 14? I meant 16. John chapter 16 couple more pages. At the very beginning, verse 4, at the end of 4 through 6, it said, uh, Jesus says, I, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to be with him who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So Jesus is reading the room. He understands that the disciples are scared out of their minds. Their rabbi, the person that they go to for everything, who has helped them with everything, who has 
walked along this journey and growed them in their faith, and they've seen amazing things happen. This guy is now going to be gone. And what are we supposed to do? Jesus reminds the disciples that there will be challenges, there will be hard times, there will be things that comes up. But he says to them very clearly, and this cannot be overstated, that he's going and the Spirit's coming. Why would it be better for Jesus to leave and the Spirit to come? And that's what he's going to answer. Why did the Spirit come? Why did he send the Spirit? There's three things that Jesus points out in these next few verses. In verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go... I will send you. The advantage is the Spirit was going to come to help us, and it was only if Jesus left. And Jesus knew that. And Jesus knew the power that the Spirit was going to bring. And so while the disciples are doubting and they don't know what to do and, and, and how, how are we even supposed to do this, Jesus is saying, I am sending you a helper. I'm sending you an advocate. I'm sending somebody with you that's going to give you the power and the strength to do all that I'm asking you to do. But I have to leave. Uh, one of my study Bibles um, is the Gospel Transformation Study Bible. That was a long sentence. It says, with his departure in view, within hours now, Jesus encourages the disciples about the future ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the quintessential encourager. encourager. Quintessential is representing the most perfect example. He's the most perfect example of encouragement. Now, uh, words of affirmation uh, is, my, is my, I think that's my top five love languages, words of affirmation. I love encouraging. I love supporting. It brings me life. I like it when I can do that with families, with the kids. I love being able to do that with the body of the believers. doesn't matter how much I encourage and support. I am not the perfect Jesus. And that's why the Spirit is coming to point us to Jesus, to point us to who Jesus is. Jesus is our perfect example. Nothing can come close to Jesus' perfection. However, he perfectly encourages his disciples in the face of what is to come. Jesus is teaching us that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is a continuation and a representation of the ministry of Christ. Jesus started this. Jesus started the work. He started his Father's work. The Spirit, when he comes, will continue that work, will continue what the Father wants him to do. So the first point is that he was sent to help believers. He's our advocate. He's there with us. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. He's there always. The second point that Jesus is saying is that the Spirit was sent to convict the world. Verses 8 through 11 says, And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, and righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The Spirit is clear that no, that nothing that we can do, no good things accomplished can overrule a verdict of guilty. There's nothing I can do. It doesn't matter how many times I go to church. It doesn't matter how many times 
that I, uh, you know, eat my vegetables, nothing is going to count as far as overturning a guilty verdict. And so the Spirit is sent to convict the world. To not only convict the world, but to show us that the ruler of the world is judged. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And so this part, this was, as I was studying this, this part is what got me super excited. Um, and that is, anytime I get to share the gospel, like a clear presentation of the gospel is amazing. And, um, and so as we are talking about the Spirit coming and convicting us, are you convicted? Are you convicted of your sin? Am I convicted of my sin? Layton didn't know I was going to tell the story, but it's too late. There was a while ago, he was with his friends, and they were playing out in the neighborhood, and there were some, there, there were some guys that, that came up to them, and they were hassling them and hassling them and hassling them, and, and Layton was getting so frustrated and so angry, and his friend was there, and so he wanted to protect his friend, and so he said some things that he should not have said. Later on that night, uh, his mom and, and him are laying in bed, and all of a sudden he just starts bursting into tears because he was convicted of what he said. He couldn't, I need to tell you, I said this and I didn't mean to, but, and he was convicted. Are you convicted of your sin? Am I convicted of my sin? Concerning judgment, the Spirit comes to convict the world that, is, that the judgment is false, that the ruler of the, of, the, of the world is false. And to stand right in that judgment and say, this is not perfection, this is not my way, this is not what I want, I'm pointing you to the way of Jesus. The Spirit came to convict the world that it should not follow Satan in his judgment, but should instead turn to Christ. And even though the world has pull and the world has all the things that we think we want and we think we need, it's those things that we need to rightly judge as nothing. It's not going to bring us the happiness that we think. It's not going to bring us the um, comfort or what's the other C word? Uh, confidence. It's not going to bring us the confidence that we think it's going to bring. If I can just get a job that makes X amount of money, then I'll be good to go, will be good to go. I'll be able to provide for my family. Uh, it's interesting. We just bought a house, and, uh, and it was 15 years it took me to get a house. But we got the perfect one, so I guess it was worth it. Um, it, took me, it, it took me so long because I, I just, is this the thing that's going to make us happy? Is this what... You know, or, or do we just stay in an apartment and do we stay around people? I don't know. God moved and he directed and everything was perfect. But the ruler of the world is not. And he's rightly judged as guilty and judged as wrong. And the spirit came to do that. The spirit is the one who now works to expose the sin and false beliefs of the world and is working to call the world to Christ using you and me as the hands and feet. Kiddos, every week I, we, we talk about it. When you're, when you're at school, when you're at home, wherever you are, are you looking and listening for where God wants you to do and what he wants you to do and who he wants you to talk with? Are we listening and paying attention? As the Spirit comes to convict, are we willing to say, I'm convicted? Are you convicted? 
As the Spirit convicts, it should cause us to respond. It should cause us to look inward. It should cause us to take, um, take um, stock of our lives. What does our lives look like? Am I, re- am I representing Jesus? Can people see Jesus through me? Have you ever come under the conviction of the Spirit concerning your sin and turned to faith in Christ? And if you have not, today may be the day that the Spirit does work in your life and simply ask Him. He will minister you just as Jesus said He would. If you do not feel the conviction of your sin, the Spirit has come to be with you. Every week, the kids and I go through, um, we call them the gospel icons. And I wanted to show those to you today because it, it clearly represents the gospel, and it's easy for the kids to remember. Kiddos, what does the, uh, the, the, the crown say? God rules. He's our creator, ruler, king. He created everything perfect, and he saw all that he made was good. And then sin entered the world. Oop, I, I went ahead. What's the next one? What's the X? We sinned. Everything was perfect, but it wasn't good enough for us. And we sinned, and we were selfish, and we disobeyed, and we made the wrong decisions. And because of that, there is no way that we can have a relationship with God without Jesus. It is impossible for me to be good enough, for God to see me as perfect, for me to have a relationship with God. But he understood that, and he knew that. Kiddos, what's the cross? God provided. God provided exactly what we needed when we needed. He provided exactly what we need to wash that sin away so that God can look us um, as perfect. What's the next one? What's the gift? Jesus gives. Yep, Jesus gives. When we talk about love, when we talk about the unconditional love of Christ, what we're talking about is sacrificing the God of the universe, the creator, ruler, king over all, said, I'm going to come down to reconcile my, or to bring back my family to creation, to bring back my people. I am going to sacrifice everything for you. And the last one, kiddos, what is that? We respond. Good job. We respond. Today, as we're sitting here looking through John, some of you may have come for the baby dedications. Maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been here for a long time. As you look inward, has the Spirit convicted you of your sin? If not, today may be the time to understand that our Creator, Ruler, King loves you perfectly before you ever love Him. And in that perfect love, he died for you, sacrificed for you, before you ever even thought about it. And it's once and for all. That one was, it was that, the conviction of the world, the conviction of sin, and then whether or not we rightly understand it was something that I was um, honored to go through. So the first point is the Spirit was sent to help believers. The second point was the Spirit was sent to convict the world. And the last point is the Spirit was sent to guide the church. All right, the last few verses here, verses 12 through 15, says in chapter 16, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. 
When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. There was one word, well, two. The first one is guide. And the second one, he repeated, declaring, declaring. The Spirit declares. He yells. He whispers. He moves. He pushes us to what God's principles and truths and what he has for us and his love. He guides us by declaring all that he's heard from the Father. He guides us by declaring who Jesus is. He guides us and declares to us what do we need and what do we need to do. This is not a new truth that the Spirit is, is guiding us in or the Spirit was going to tell the disciples. This was what Jesus already began. He had already lived this for three years. He had already been pushing the disciples along through this. The Spirit was going to continue to do that. And, and, the, and the thing that Jesus is trying to say is, it's an advantage if I go and the Spirit stays because the Spirit is not bound by a body. The Spirit can be with us everywhere all the time. When I was scared at night, uh, the verse that I used to say all the time, just repeated over and over again, is, um, uh, I just lost it. I don't know, but God's never going to forsake us and he's never going to leave us. He's never not going to be here for us. He's never not going to be around. The Spirit comes to glorify Jesus, to continue Jesus' work, declaring to the church that will set the foundation for God's people throughout eternity to follow God's word. Understanding the Holy Spirit, understanding Jesus' teachings today, understanding these verses here, I still have many things to say to you. But he knew that they couldn't, this is the cool part, he knew, he knew they couldn't handle it all at the same time. It was going to be too much for them. So guess what? Their whole life, they got to listen to the Spirit and grow in their knowledge and grow in their faith and grow in who Jesus is. We get to experience the same thing. As I was reading in the commentaries and studying for this, uh, it's this idea that we're never, we're never fully going, we're never going to be able to fully know God. But he allows us to know about him and grow in that knowledge. And it's a comforting thing because that means it's never going to end. We, we, never, we, we never get to stop learning. We never get to stop experiencing. We never get to stop understanding God's love. And the Spirit points us right back to the Spirit and right back to that because our job in this world is to glorify God in everything we do. Make disciples, tell others of God's love, tell others of who Jesus is, listening to the convictions of the Spirit, and reading God's Word and understanding exactly what He would have us do. In 14, or verse 14 in chapter 16, he says, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. 
Everything that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. We live, we live in a world that is broken and that is hurting and that is completely sideways. But if we listen to the Spirit, if we're understanding his power, if we're understanding that he's convicting us, that he's judging us, and that he's guiding us, and all the while pointing us to Jesus so that we can be and do exactly what God would have us do. Just like I, I say to the kiddos each week, this week I want you to think about, like, think through what that looks like. Have you ever, it's really difficult for me to sit still and just not do anything. It's like my thoughts just keep running. But it's, a, it's an amazing exercise to just sit and listen. Sit and listen to God rather than just talking. And is the Spirit convicting you? Is the Spirit guiding you? Are you growing in your faith in Jesus? This week, think about those things. Think about opportunities that God is bringing your way. Think about what that could look like. Again, this is the most pointed time that Jesus has spoken about the Spirit, in, not just in John, but some would say in the Bible, and this is the time that he's bringing the Spirit up. And it's on the cusp of him leaving. Again, all the way back to the beginning. It's on the cusp of him leaving. And yet he still says to them, um, I tell you the truth. It is, no, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And you and I have the ability to live in the power of the Spirit as we glorify God, as we tell others about Jesus. This week, think about what does that look like in your life? How does that play out? And am I willing to listen to whatever the Spirit is telling me? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this amazing day. Thank you for our families, our parents. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the body. Thank you that we can gather uh, and study your word and glorify you and be here together to worship and praise you. God, I pray that as we, as we are living our life, that we are sensitive, that we listen, that we pause, that we wait, that we pray I, for the Spirit, for the Spirit to move, for the Spirit to move in us. God, I help, please help us understand the Holy Spirit. Help us understand his work in us. God, thank you. Thank you for all that you do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.